This is the Beyond the Profi podcast, the podcast that empowers you and inspires you to seek career excellence while pursuing your passion. And I'm your host, Jasmine Haley. BTP family. This Beyond the Profi podcast episode is brought to you in part through a sponsorship from Young Dental. This episode's featured product is a Wrigley's Orbit Profi Paste and Gum Pack. One of the things I love experiencing at the ADHA annual conference was gathering as many pieces of Orbit gum I could so I can enjoy it as I was going throughout the day. It was so exciting to see that Young Diddle has created a Profi Paste and Gum Pack based on the flavors of Orbit. It has a thicker texture and it features its signature flavors such as Spearmint, Bubble Mint, and Peppermint. It includes a piece of sugar-free gum with each Profi Cup, so it allows you as a clinician to easily start a conversation with your patient about home care techniques including chewing sugar-free gum, and it's gluten-free and made with xylitol. To find out more about this product, make sure that you visit www.youngdental.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Beyond the Profi podcast. Our guest for this episode is Sherry Warshaw, and she is the founder of Smoke-Free Steps. And we're going to be talking about a very important topic, which is tobacco cessation. So welcome to the podcast, Sherry. And thank you for inviting me. And I look forward to sharing um, some expert views on the challenges of smoking cessation today. Yes, yes. And I'm actually really looking forward to learning from you um, because I feel like this is something that we, it's ever, I mean, Unless you've actually gone through it, you need to hear it as much as possible, and you need to hear what the experts are saying in regards to it, um, because it is a form of addiction, and unless you've actually dealt with an addiction, there's no, you, you never fully understand. So I think that this will be a great conversation. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, I always like to start by giving a little background on why this is my passion. Mm -hmm. Having grown up in a family of smokers, and when I say family, I'm talking about extended family of grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, growing up in a haze of smoke, mm -hmm. um, and then being a smoker myself for about five years, from about age 16 to 21, I have a kind of a unique perspective because it's a very old school perspective, going way back before 1964 when Luther Terry, the, that current uh, Surgeon General, released a, a report it, that said smoking is directly related to lung cancer. Mm. So that's kind of what drives my passion is I've also lost all those relatives to smoking related diseases. Wow. And it's, it's much more than lung cancer. In fact, I rarely discuss lung cancer with my patients because it's on the package of cigarettes. It's mm -hmm. not new information for them. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. That's incredible that you mentioned that. That is so incredible. I do want to share with listeners that um, Sherry and I have never met in person and we connected on LinkedIn and it's just phenomenal. I can't wait for you to hear more of her story and what she does with smoke-free steps because it is absolutely necessary and so powerful to connect with people via social media and be Absolutely. able to hear their story. And, and what, I think is, what I think is remarkable that you first start off with, which shows that the work that you do is heart-centered, is you talk about your why. And when yeah. you have a strong why, that will keep you focused on what the Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I call my my mother, who who is my closest relative to have died directly from smoking. I call her my inspiration because my mother was a dental cripple and my mother was the one patient I could never reach. Mm -hmm. And she died of an oral cancer that spread to her lung and her brain. And she was gone in three months. So smoking was very directly related to her death, but I always add she had not had a cigarette in 10 years. Wow. So so she had stopped smoking 10 years previous after smoking herself into a stroke. And that shows you the damage to every cell that goes on in your body when you do smoke. So I always share, I share that with my clients. I share that with businesses. I talk to other hygienists, medical professionals, that it's so important. The earlier you stop, the greater your chance of repair is, but the damage that is done over a 55 year lifetime of smoking, we can't repair everything. We really can't repair everything. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell the listeners, what role do you have in the dental profession? So I'm, I'm a dental hygienist. I'm licensed in both Ohio and Florida. Um, I became a dental hygienist later in life. I graduated in 1995. Um, I went back to school when I had three children and a husband flying around the world, but it was my passion to become a dental hygienist. I had been a dental assistant for many, many years um, and then stopped, had children, and then I went back to school to be a hygienist. So after spending my many, many happy career years as a hygienist, um, I, I'm also a breast cancer, um, I don't use the word survivor, I just call it a best breast cancer power through. And so I powered through that at age 49, but I have, yeah, I have some residual effects in my working arm. So around um, 2012, I kind of hung up my scalers and really use the internet, LinkedIn and social media and Google and everything I could find to see how I could morph my skills as a hygienist into something else. And I came across this field of tobacco treatment specialist. And from there, I did a lot of research on where could you become certified And I found that you could be certified many places, many colleges, um, some local breathing associations, but you can be certified at the Mayo Clinic. And because I wanted to have a credential that was really respected in every um, discipline, not just our own of dentistry, uh, I applied to the Mayo Clinic. So it is an application process. It's not like a CE. 
Mm -hmm. And I'm one of only a handful of dental professionals who have ever even gone through their program. So it was a wonderful experience. I was there with 30 people from all over the world, from as far away as Korea, um, and as close as the Cincinnati VA. Um, so I made a, made many friends there, and I went to Rochester and um, was took their very intense course, and I was certified. And uh, I keep that certification up. You have to recertify every two years. Now, I also just recently applied. Um, the National Addiction um, Organization just put out a certification for tobacco treatment specialists, and after 38 pages of submission, I actually got that. So I'm very excited about that because that gives, you know how hard it is as hygienists to move all over the country because our our uh, licensure is so limited by region. Yes. Um, so I thought that this na any national licensure, I'm, I really get behind. So yes. that's very, very exciting for me. Oh, you just make my heart sing. <laughs> Well, you're very kind. You're very kind. I, I'm serious. One, first of all, I I thank you for your dedication. I appreciate uh, that. Because it's needed. And the second thing I appreciate is the fact that you were given a circumstance that you did not allow to prevent you from making a difference. You took the initiative to search out something that was heart-centered and you're making an impact. And I mean, that's, that's what Beyond the Profi is all about. What Beyond the Profi is, is not to encourage hygienists to leave the op. I am just encouraging you to understand that you have the power to do whatever it is that you want to do in your career. If you have a passion, my passion is working with persons living with HIV. I do my additional work with that group. And there may be another passion someone may have. Whatever your passion is, Seek out ways to learn as much as you can. I do so many conferences outside of dentistry. You've gotten a certification outside of dentistry so that you can provide more value to whatever practitioner you're serving, dentistry or non-dental. Well, I have, to be, I have to be very honest with you. And when I got my certification, I was so excited and I packaged myself up. And uh, I have a daughter who has Asperger's syndrome, mm -hmm. um, which the Autism uh, Society has been another, um, and when I say society, I'm not talking about the organization, I'm talking about the community of autism, has been another passion of mine. Uh, my daughter is 29 years old, she has a master's degree, she lives independently, but she has had challenges. And one of the things that I was so proud of was she actually created all of my marketing material for me. And I've never changed it. Yes, I've never changed it. And she created pens. She created my, my business card. She created a brochure and it has, I've been using it for the past five years and it has held up to the test of time. <laughs> um, but one of the things that was disappointing was the first group I marketed to was of course my own profession, the dental field. And I got nowhere. <laughs> nowhere. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast right there. That is a whole other podcast. <laughs> But I will tell you that I have um, friends in the medical community, and they welcomed me with open arms. And I work with a surgeon in particular who refers to me. I work with an um, endocrinologist who specializes in osteoporosis, 
who refers to me. Um, and th again, this is my passion. I have to be honest, this is not paying my bills in any shape or form. Okay. Mm -hmm. What it is doing is singing to my heart because every person that I work with who, even if they're not successful, stopping, um, maybe they stopped for a day, maybe they stopped for a week, maybe they stopped for six months, however long it is. My statistics are actually very good. I, I really have about a 50-50 success rate, which is way beyond even what, what most um, government agencies report with using some kind of nicotine replacement or Chantix and using a coach. I refer to myself as a, as a stop smoking coach. Uh, but the end result is really about the person. And I, I listen to what that person tells me and try to make a program for them. But it is not a monetary based um, avenue that I'm running down here. Um, as hygienists, you know, we can, we can do very well, depending on the state and where you're located. Um, you can do very well as a hygienist as far as um, what your pay is, but that's not what's going on here. Uh, the thing that most people have to realize is, is that smokers spend a disproportionate amount of money on their smoking. And particularly, uh, the people who smoke the most, such as the mentally ill or the LGD GPTQ uh, community, they are spending even more so. Sometimes 40% of their income is going to whatever their smoking addiction is. And you started by saying it is an addiction. Nicotine is the most addictive substance known to man. Yep. It is more, more addictive than cocaine, uh, heroin, any of those things. Yes. And so those things, actually, you can quit faster and easier, oddly enough. Um, smoking takes a long time. It, it's really uh, uh, forging through the addiction. And I've made it a, a study of my life. And also it was part of my life uh, yeah. for such a long time. I was born into it, mm -hmm. literally born into it. You dropped another pearl. <laughs> and that pearl was, um, that just screamed out to me also, is the fact that what you're doing isn't sort of paying the bills. And let me, let me, let me explain this to the listeners because most of the bulk of my listeners are hygienists. One of the hardest things for them to understand is sometimes when you're going on and doing something that that's your own, it's not going to be the same type of pay or if any pay as you would in your clinical career. So exactly. you have to love what you do. Exactly. For, it's been two and a half years for me doing podcasting. All of the stuff that I've been doing was putting my own skin in the game. No one has come in and say, hey, here's $10,000. <laughs> You're set for the next 10 years with your podcast. Absolutely. Or, or anything like that. And so like the stuff that I do for the population that I serve, I'm mostly working with people who are getting government funding or some form of other nonprofit funding, but it's limited. So right. I'm, I'm only getting paid a smidge amount. I get it. If I do get paid. If you do get paid. I get if it. If I do get paid. I get so it. I love that pearl that you shared because there's a misconception. People see like the beautiful photo that you share that I'm going to share with everyone 
when your social media um, image comes out or they see, you know, the pictures I may have taken for my branding and they're like, oh yeah, she's making a big bucks. And it's, and it's not that way <laughs> at all. Not at all. Really, really work hard over many, many years, many, many years to really Absolutely. see a monetary benefit. Um, and, that's and just my opinion. I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And also, um, smoking cessation is such a, I, I don't know the right word for it, but right now we're kind of in the wild west of smoking cessation. And that's because the big elephant in the room is the e-cigarette market. And the e-cigarette market is doing something today that we've been fighting forever. And that is it's reattracting young people to smoking. So the numbers for smoking what we call combustible cigarettes for young people have definitely gone down, but the numbers of smoking e-cigarettes are rising at a very, very rapid rate. So the style of smoking is changing and how people want to quit smoking is changing. As a Mayo Clinic certified tobacco treatment specialist and a registered dental hygienist, I can only use FDA approved things to help people stop smoking. So what are those things? Those things are, I can use nicotine replacement. That's known as clean nicotine. So gum, lozenges, patches, nasal sprays. There's actually an inhaler that's very little prescribed that was kind of the first e-cigarette, um, but it's FDA, It's an FDA approved. Now, it doesn't look cool, so people don't want to use it, mm. but it is an FDA approved kind of an inhaler. And then I can use Zyban uh, or Wellbutrin or Chantix, Varenicline. Those have to be prescribed by their physician or their dentist can prescribe it. And I always encourage them to please see their physician so we can kind of get a baseline of what does their blood pressure look like? What does their sugar look like? A lot of people don't realize that actually there are so many humectants and sweeteners in cigarettes that it fools the body and actually can it actually cause diabetes in a smoker. I didn't so know these, that. I didn't uh, know it was in the cigarette. I know that it's in the cigarette to have diabetes. I did not know that. Yes, there are wow. actual sweeteners in in the tobacco. There's mm. over se over seven thousand things in a cigarette. So mm. they put a lot of stuff in there. So. I can use all of those things. That's a nice little tidy basket of things that I can use. And they've changed over the years that you can use them in combination with each other. So in other words, they get a, a script for Chantix. That doesn't mean they can't still use a patch. That's fine. Let's talk about it. Let's see how much you're smoking. There are formulas to figure out how many patches to use. Um, but one thing I, there's always a caveat and that is the big L stamped on their forehead. And so they often lie about how much they actually smoke. So it takes a while since most of my work is done via telephone to develop a rapport with the person and say, I am not the smoking police. I am here to help you. I can only help you if you're truthful to me. Please be truthful. If you smoke again, we just call it a slip. We don't call it a failure. 
So my years as a hygienist and frankly, as a dental assistant, I was an assistant for 10 years and I worked in perio and I was what was known as a plaque control therapist. I saw patients for five visits in the 70s just to show them how to take care of their teeth before before they're scaling and replaning. Wow. So developing a rapport with patients, it comes very naturally to me. And you understand Uh, motivational interviewing. I was just going there. And so that's where the motivational interviewing part comes in. Mm -hmm. And that's something that very luckily for me comes naturally. Mm -hmm. But obviously there are many courses that we can take as hygienists and learn better techniques of motivational interviewing. But the most important thing about it is to ask the right question and then be quiet. Let them tell you. Don't you find it's hard for some of us? Very. (laughs) You just want to get out all the facts. Like, let me tell you how it works. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) So, oh, absolutely. But you know what? I get my fix of that because I'm also an educator for Waterpeck. I'm an independent educator. So I do lunch and learn. So I I have all the time in the world in an hour to spill everything there is to know about that. But when (laughs) I talk to my smoking clients, um, and I do discuss a lot about oral health. And that's a, real, that's a real great segue because what they're afraid of is that I'm going to talk about lung cancer. Mm. And as I started with that, I don't talk about that. Why would I bore somebody with something that we've known for over half a century? Mm-hmm. That is not new. And if they haven't quit now and they've known it for over 50 years, that's not going to be their motivation. Mm-hmm. So, so learning how to key into what is it? Lots of times it's, it's their grandchildren. Sometimes it's the fact that they can't uh, work where they're working anymore if they smoke. Mm-hmm. Lots of jobs now are doing cotinine testing. Cotinine is a metabolite of nicotine. Mm-hmm. All it is is the word nicotine jumbled up. It's the same letters. Okay. And, <laughs> and what they do is they will go in and they will cotinine test. And if you're a smoker, you can be charged as much as 50% more for your health insurance. Or some companies, believe it or not, we have in Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky, a hospital system that will not hire a smoker. Wow. You cannot work there. And That's people, have, I found that shocking, but it is apparently. I know. I'm surprised. Me and you both. <laughs> Me too. Because it's an addiction. And what I always say is, you know, nobody's walking in and breathalyzing everybody. And there's, I'm sure there's lots of alcoholics working in that hospital. To me, I feel exactly, I, I know how you're feeling. I feel the same way because what if the person who has a job in the cafeteria, okay, and it's a fabulous job for them, but they have the addiction to nicotine. It seems a little unfair to me. Does yeah. seem unfair. Yes. So I respect the addiction. I respect every patient slash client that I deal with who is a smoker and realize that they all started for various reasons that tend to be similar, you know, peer pressure, stress, uh, high school, college, whatever it was that motivated them. But the younger you start, the harder it is to quit mm. because it, it creates more and more receptors in your brain and you are actually more addicted the younger you begin. 
So that's why it's so concerning that these e-cigarettes, which often say they don't have nicotine in them, and they actually do, they actually do, because it's a non-regulated industry, um, they are addicting the young brains very, very quickly and and very severely, very severely. So um, you may know this. I want to tell a quick, quick, quick story. My family and I were at Cheesecake Factory. I, if you want to take me out somewhere, listeners, take me to Cheesecake and get me a red velvet cheesecake, okay? okay. <laughs> with a cup of coffee. Um, so, <laughs> so we're there. I'm there with my family, and there was a lady, no, a gentleman that was sitting there, and he was smoking on an e-cigarette. Now, this is before they banned it from indoors, Right. That rest, but he was smoking. And I'm like, I don't know what's in that. My kids are right here. And I mean, the smoke is like, you know, it's billowing billowing out just like a regular cigarette would. And I'm, I'm wondering just from what your, um, your expertise and stuff like that, what kind of effect is that having orally? Even I keep seeing articles about popcorn lung. Exactly. Is that true? Oh yes. So so, okay, so orally, we're seeing um, it is affecting the mucosa, okay? We are seeing changes in the mucosa. Now, remember, we have to study this for 10, 20 years before we can really know what's going on, but I can tell you that it is not, it is not asymptomatic. It is symptomatic. We're seeing dryness. We're seeing changes in the tongue. We're seeing uh, same kind of elongation in the papilla. Now, as far as the lungs, the popcorn lung, what popcorn lung is, it gets the name from people who worked in popcorn factories. And what happened was they discovered that they were coming down with a very unusual kind of lung problem. And what they traced it to is a chemical called diacetyl. Diacetyl is what makes it the popcorn smell buttery. It's the smell. It's the flavoring. So that same um, compound is used in e-cigarettes, diacetyl. So a lot of people, particularly people who take it up, who have been smoking combustible cigarettes for a long time, they are coming down with popcorn lung very quickly because they already have damaged lungs. So for the e-cigarette user, yes, I do talk to them about popcorn lung. Um, I also talk to them about the fact that there are metals that are being uh, almost released in very, very fine amounts. And when you're talking about secondhand smoke, again, some of these metals are going out into the air and your children. Also, if let's say you were at the Cheesecake Factory with a former smoker and this person is billowing this nicotine into the air, it actually will trigger the desire for smoking in an ex-smoker. Very, very, very strange. Very strange. But we don't, you know, we just started smoking, uh, started um, researching secondhand and what's known as thirdhand smoke. Thirdhand smoke is what gets into the walls, the carpeting. And what happens is after years and years of it being there, the chemicals, those 7,000 chemicals in the cigarette, they start changing and they start off-gassing and putting very unhealthy things into the atmosphere of your home. So there was a very interesting study they did. This is how the study went. There was a housing development that had a lot of smokers in it. And then there were single family homes in the same neighborhood, a few houses down. 
when they checked the residence of those homes for cotinine, they were non-smokers, they came up positive. That shows you how secondhand smoke in large amounts, because there were many, many smokers who lived in this apartment complex, can actually get into your home and you don't even have a smoker in there. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Mm. So many of the colleges and the high schools that have gone smoke-free and smoke-free on their campus, sometimes they have an X amount of feet away. What that's doing is it's causing people to congregate in a particular area of of a parking lot, let's say. And let's say your car windows are open. Your car could get that second hand and then eventually the third hand smoke that's what would be in all of the materials the the fabric the leather the 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 plastics and it actually embeds into those those surfaces and that's what we call third hand smoke and they're just now starting to study it i've been close to that i was at a, a job that they always smoke at the front door right and although my office was on the second floor, you could smell it all in the um, hallway. In the hallway. Even if there was no one there. Absolutely. Because oh it gets goodness. sucked in. <laughs> it gets sucked in. And then if there's any carpet, anything it can attach to, anything it can attach to, it does. Wow. So, so I mean, it's such, it's such a complex subject. And um, it's, it is, like I say, now it is kind of the Wild West. We used to call the 40s the Wild West of smoking because it was before people really realized how harmful it was. And then we made so much progress, particularly in the 90s and early 2000s. Smoking rates dropped dramatically. But when e-cigarettes were introduced and they were invented in China. And I can tell you, I've been to China and I never saw a person smoke an e-cigarette in China the entire time I was there. They're all smoking combustible cigarettes. Oh my goodness gracious. Yes, yes. It was, it was invented, e-cigarettes were invented by, by a Chinese pharmacist whose father died of lung disease and he still wanted to smoke. And he said, okay, well, I'm going to invent a way that I can smoke. So he was the inventor of e-cigarettes. But yes, but in the late, you know, mid 2000s, when e-cigarettes started coming in, then smoking, we are back to the wild west of smoking. Wow. Because we don't know, we don't have good studies on what are the real effects yeah. And does it really help somebody quit? The the studies that have been done are very, very skewed and um, not not well juried. They're just not well juried. And again, like I say, as a, as a Mayo Clinic per- person and as a registered dental hygienist, I don't use things that aren't backed by science. That's what we're about. Yeah. Evidence-based. Evidence-based practice. Evidence-based practice. Yes. And that's, and that's very easy for me to say to... Um, clients. And I go into businesses a lot. I have hooked up most recently with a company that provides um, health care services to companies. So they'll go in and screen biometrics, BMI, things like that, take blood pressures, take some blood, cholesterol. And they were looking for someone for smoking cessation. And I've kind of become their expert. And so I'll do lunch and learns for companies. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I always, always emphasize is that 
as a dental hygienist, I am a person of science and I only use things that are evidence-based and, yes. and that should make them feel good that yes. we're, not, we're not going to try something. It's not from Sherry's cookbook. It has to come <laughs> from the study. <laughs> oh my goodness, man, Sherry, this, you have dropped so many pearls. This, this has been a phenomenal episode. I really would love to have you back. Um, Thank you. It was just, it was just wonderful. I have one last question to ask you. Absolutely. Um, what was the best career advice you've ever received? Uh, okay. Well, that's actually, that's a really interesting question. Um, and uh, you, you might not expect this answer. So when I was this plaque control therapist in Coral Gables, Florida, my mentor was a periodontist. And I worked for him for almost 10 years. And um, again, I was this plaque control therapist. I was an assistant. And what he would do for me is he would give me all of the journals to read. Now, I went to work for him when I was 21 years old. Um, and I was almost 30 when I stopped. And he would give me his journals to read and say, summarize the articles. So he acted as this tremendous mentor. So when I was in hygiene school and loops and magnification came out, I called him and I said, Doc, what do you think I should do? Do you think I should use magnification while I'm in school or should I wait till I'm in practice? And he said, no magnification in school. Get your skills up by the sense of feel. The minute you get out, knock yourself out and look at that magnification all you want. But while you're in school, I would use my sense of feel. And I think that's so interesting because now everybody uses loops and they use them in hygiene school and they use them in dental school. And I taught in a hygiene school. I taught for seven years in, a, in the clinic at uh, University of Cincinnati. And um, halfway through, students started using magnification. But I will say that there is something to be said for literally closing your eyes and feeling that subgingival calculus. <laughs> Interesting. So I, love, I love that I went to, through school without loops. There it's you go. Optional. And I got a pair, had them for about a week or two, hated them. So I sent them back. I did my boards successfully. That was when they graded them. Got a hundred uh -huh. boards, did fine. And, um, I still prefer to use, not use loops. I still prefer it. It's every once in a while, I'll flip mine down if I'm doing uh -huh. a probe reading and I'm just having a hard time visualizing it. But I totally, I totally get that. I love it. Yeah. All right. Please tell the listeners where they can contact you, um, especially for your services as a, as a tobacco specialist. Where do they find you? What's your website? Give Absolutely. it to them. Absolutely. So, <laughs> Um, I have to admit, I'm very bad about my website. Um, my website is okay, but um, it is www.smokefreestepsllc.com. Um, and you can contact me through that. You can contact me at my email, which is sherrywarshaw at gmail.com. So it's S-H-E-R-R-I-W-A-R-S-H-A-W at gmail.com. You can call me or text me at 513-509-9998. Five, five, 
And any of those ways are great for contacting me. Probably Gmail and text is probably the thing I'll get the quickest. Um, but I thank you for inviting me. I thank you for letting me share. Um, I, love, I love sharing particularly with my dental family. And so this has been great. Thank you. Yeah, it's been wonderful having you. And I really, really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, BTP family. Thank you so much for joining the show. I have a question for you. Is your fear of staying the same greater than your fear of change? If so, you are invited to become a member of the Beyond the Profi Career Advancement Academy. What exactly is that? It's a platform made specifically for you so that you can take a holistic approach to growing personally and professionally. It's hard enough getting to all of the conferences it's even harder to invest in 1,500 to 5,000 ticketed items when you're really unsure of where to even start first. And that's where Beyond the Profi comes in. So take a look at beyondtheprofi.com, Career Advancement Academy, and join our mailing list because we are going to work specifically to serve you, to help you reach the career heights of excellence that each of us deserve.